0: Friends, I need to share with you. I got arrested this week. No, not by the police. I got arrested by the sheer beauty of Paul's handwritten letter to the Philippians. When's the last time you wrote an actual letter or received a handwritten letter? Handwritten letters are so rare today, and no, writing a note in a Hallmark card does not count. I got arrested this week by Paul's letter. I got stopped in my tracks by the way he gives thanks, even in the most difficult of circumstances. He writes this letter from a prison cell to the saints in Philippi. Our associate pastor Garrett wondered aloud at Bible study the other morning, how would y'all feel if I really did get arrested? Could I still be your pastor? Some said it depended on why I got arrested, and that's fair. I know some of you will deserve to be arrested this week for all the Halloween candy you'll steal from your kids. One of the kids asked, why did the ghost get arrested? Well, he didn't have a haunting license. Thanks, Roger. This Halloween, Elizabeth and I are considering giving out hot dogs. But not just any kind of hot dogs, but Halloweeners. Black licorice flavored hot dogs. Mmm. Or maybe even pumpkin spice bologna by Oscar Mayer. I guess we should just go with hot dog gummies. How about those? Paul gives thanks for the people in Philippi in the way that kids give thanks for those houses that give out full-size candy bars. Paul's thanksgiving is overflowing in these first 11 verses of Philippians 1. May we listen to his gratitude like children at the door on Halloween, expecting a wonderful treat, knowing we worship a full-size candy bar God. Hear this good news. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart for all of you sharing God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. This is the good news according to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to give thanks even in the most difficult circumstances. Help us to thank others for what they've meant to us on this All Saints Sunday. Amen. Have you ever felt trapped, imprisoned? People find themselves in all kinds of prisons these days. Some are imprisoned by bodies that no longer work the way they once did. Others are imprisoned by addiction or pain or fear. Yet Paul is in a literal prison and he still writes prayers for the people he loved. Lisa Wallace was one of the first people to join the church when I moved here. She grew up in China, but has lived here for many years. And she wanted to visit her family after years of separation. But the pandemic had prevented it in recent days. Yet back in April, she told me her mother's health was failing. She started the process to get a visa to go back to China. Pages and pages of paperwork. She'd fill it out and they'd send it back with minor errors. She'd fill it out again and they would send it back over and over again. After several weeks of back and forth, her visa was finally approved. She got her plane ticket, but then they required her to quarantine for seven days, monitoring her temperature several times each day. When she finally got on the plane, she could not wait to see her mom. But when she landed in China, rather than getting to go see her mom, Lisa was transported to a 10 by 10 room. She said it was not a hotel. It wasn't even a motel. She was quarantined there for four. 14 days waiting. When she was finally released to travel to her home province, guess what happened when she arrived there? She was quarantined for another 14 days. There she was. She could not leave her room. Her food was brought to her. Her email was shut down. She spent a lot of time in prayer. In fact, Lisa said what carried her through was a hand cross that Judy Landers had given her to hold on to like these that Jonathan Sanders has made for us. She leaned into the support of her husband Walter here at home and she was able to FaceTime with her mom. She was close, but still so far away. She treasured the text from her, the women in her Sunday school class. Lisa said each time she got a text from them in China, it brought tears to her eyes as she thought, I thank my God in every remembrance of you. Finally, after two months, she got to see her mom and her special needs sister. Lisa arrived on June 11th and mother and daughter could not have been happier as you can see here. Yet that joy that you see was to be short-lived for her mother went into the hospital the very next day and the police came to quarantine Lisa yet again. But what do you think Lisa had been doing for a month while she was there? She'd been studying the Chinese quarantine rules up and down and she refused to go with the five men who came to get her. So they put a banner on her door marking her as quarantined yet again. She said even though she grew up there, she never felt so confined. Despite the challenges, Lisa was there with her mom for almost a month before her mother died on the 4th of July of all days. When Lisa finally got on her Delta flight home, she said, I never appreciated freedom like I did when I landed in Atlanta. She kept saying, I would have never made it without God's help. I would have never made it without God's help. Paul is saying the same thing in his letter. The people of Philippi had supported and encouraged him from the very beginning. Their generosity to his mission was overwhelming. So even though he was in prison, Paul writes to say thank you to all the saints. And we do the same here today. We want to say thank you for all the saints who've gone before us here in Dunwoody. We lost Dot Baker this year, the biggest Braves fan I know. She was brokenhearted over Freddie Freeman. We'll name all the saints who died this past year and a few moments, people who served our country like Bill Aton and others, who served God through this church, who were all in saints, like Press Hall as an usher, or Toby Moore, who could fix just about anything, Bob Pike, who had a daily discipline of study and prayer, John Head, who made beautiful music, great card players like Julie Staley and tennis players like Cindy Pardue, people who served as Stephen ministers like Susan Scott and others who benefited from their care. They were greeters and Sunday school teachers, parents, grandparents, husbands, wives, aunts, uncles, and children. Bill Spaulding, who threw out beautiful shells up Captiva Beach for others to find. Those who left generous gifts to this church in their wills and estates. Some who died far too young, like Adriana and David and Scotty. And others who were so ready to embrace heaven after being trapped in earthly bodies for far too long. And some whose lives echo in new ministries today, like our One Lamb Initiative. For people like Florence Fortenberry, who was called to mentor young moms. Or Jean Williams, after retiring as a nurse, volunteered at the hospital to rock babies in the nursery. Or Joanne Burns, who always sat in the same place and attended church no matter what. I lift up Anna McGowan, who was well known for writing handwritten notes. She was even known to write thank you notes for thank you notes. When does that stop? They asked at her funeral who'd ever gotten a handwritten note from Anna and almost every one of us raised our hands. Florence Fortenberry had that same habit, handwriting notes of encouragement. The lives of these saints are written on our hearts. Paul expresses it so beautifully in this handwritten note to the people of Philippi. I thank God every time I remember you. Not sometimes, but every time. Constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Now, there were some people at Philippi who did not make his life easy. And if Paul was speaking for himself, he might have said, constantly praying with joy for some of you. But because of the love of Christ that was within him and overflowing, he was able to say all of you because you've been with me since the beginning, like Lisa has been with me since the beginning here. Paul was confident that the God who started a good work in Philippi would complete that work, and I believe that here in Dunwoody. God will bring to completion what God has started. Paul says, you hold me in your heart as we hold these folks in our hearts who've heard the roll called up yonder. While they are separated from each other, Paul mourns their distance, saying how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer that you may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight, that you may overflow with love, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Paul is looking for overflowing love, praying for overflowing love. Common sense is what it says in Greek. And for fruit, the fruit of righteousness. And that is what the saints have shown us over the years, even when we know their imperfections. Our bodies do not last forever. And some don't work well from the very beginning. I think of the little boy from Hamilton, Ontario named Alex. When he was less than a year old, his parents received a devastating diagnosis. Their baby had brain cancer. It was the most harrowing news they could have imagined until September 1st of this year, when at five years old, they were told there was nothing more that doctors could do to save their son. The treatments that kept him alive for the past four years were failing. Their son, Alex, only had a few weeks or perhaps a few days to live. Wanting to make his remaining time to be as meaningful as possible, they asked little Alex if there was anything that he wanted, if there's anything he still wished to experience. And his response was Halloween. And then he added, I want to see monsters. Yet it was the beginning of September, As a toddler, he'd gone to a haunted house in Niagara Falls and he desperately wanted to go back. His doctors cautioned the parents against traveling, urging them for these days they needed to remain close to home. And that's when a family friend, Paula Anderson, came up with a plan. She said, I got to find a way to bring Halloween to this family. So she posted in a local Facebook group asking neighbors to dress up in costumes. She said, I have a time-sensitive request, a plea really, this little boy wants to see monsters. Can you help? They were able to get in touch with the local officials and blocked off the main road. And on the day of the event, September 14th, they expected maybe 100 people from the neighborhood. But as the evening progressed, over 1,000 people showed up, dressed up in all kinds of ways. The Herdakis family was floored. We never expected something like this. It was so beautiful. Alex was so happy. His family said he loved it. The boy watched in awe as swarms of strangers paraded through his street, dressed up in spooky costumes. His dad said it this way. He said, we felt carried by this community. His mom said, I'll never forget the afternoon spent carrying Alex through the crowds of monsters, watching him high five with them and pose in photos. He was so happy. It made memories we will have forever in our minds. And Alex still continues to look at the pictures and the videos of his big day. And now as Halloween approaches, the family prays that he will make it to Halloween this year. They said, I hugged so many strangers, so many people who understood and have been touched themselves by cancer. Another mom, Ariane Clark, who lost her five-year-old daughter to cancer three years ago, expressed what the parade meant to her. She said, it was humbling and heartbreaking to witness this community come together, every one of them, to support families like ours. I had chills, she said. I cried a lot. I smiled a, pl- a lot. This place, I swear, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. His dad said he and his family are feeling gratitude for all the support, giving thanks even in this most difficult of circumstances for all of you who showed up, who showed love, even as monsters. They said we're very blessed to live in a community like this. Here you can see little Alex embraced by the Paw Patrol. So perhaps we all need to be embraced by the Paul Patrol writing a letter of thanksgiving this week, no matter our circumstances. Who might you need to write this week to express your thanks? This place, Dunwoody, Georgia, Dunwoody United Methodist Church. I swear there's nothing like it. We're blessed to live in a community like this. And I give thanks in every remembrance of all of you. Well, most of you. No, no, really all of you as we gather to watch the parade and they might look like monsters on the outside, but you and I both know that was a parade of saints, a parade of saints that we will soon name before you. This week, a man died instantly in a car accident the day before he recorded this song. of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved a verse shall gather over on the other shore when the roll is called of yonder I'll be there may we be arrested by the love of Christ in thanksgiving amen